begin today the Gemara on the top of Daf Yud Omed Aleph. Zok the Gemara, Tano Rabbanu, we learned in Abraise, Eretz Yisroel Nivrast Chilo. Eretz Yisroel was created first. V'chol Olam Kuloi, the entire world, Nivra Lubesayf, was created afterwards. Shenemar, there's a Pasuk that says, and this is a Pasuk that actually speaks about Teireh, and it says, Ad loy osa ares, before the Ebesha created that at Yisrael, the Chutzais, and all the other places, so the Ebesha had the Taira. But it mentions in the Pasuk, Eretz Yisrael, before all other places. Another thing about Eretz Yisrael, Eretz Yisrael, Mashka Isa Kaddish Baruch Eretz Yisrael, the Ebesha gives it to drink the water, the rain himself. The Cholaylam Kuloi, the rest of the world, is Aydei Shliach. The rain there comes through a Shliach. Shanema, the Pasik says, Hanoisa Motor al Pneyoretz, the Abishli gives rain on the face of the earth, referring to Eretz Yisrael. And then it says, Vishalech Mayam Apne Chutzais, the Abishli sends the water, in other words, through a Shliach, on all the other outskirts in the world. A third point, Eretz Yisrael, Shaisim Meg Shamim, the land Eretz Yisrael, that gets the, the, the rain that the Abishli gives, that's there for Eretz Yisrael, the rain itself comes there. In the beginning, and then the rest of the world, mitamsis. It gets from the leftovers of the rain that came in Eretz Yisrael, what's left over in the clouds, so goes to the rest of the world. Shanema, the Pasik says, So the rain in the clouds first comes to Eretz Yisrael, and then the rest, whatever's left over, goes to the rest of Eretz Yisrael. Another point, Eretz Yisrael, Eretz Yisrael gets the rain first. Rashi here says that it first rains in Eretz Yisrael. That's what Rashi here says. And then, And then in the rest of the world, the rain comes down afterwards. Shanam the Pasik says, again the same Pasik, First the rain comes to Eretz Yisrael, and from there it comes to the rest of the world. The analogy is of a person, that is kneading the, the, not dough actually, it's a cheese. When a person takes the cheese, so you have to take the, the thicker and the harder part of the milk, and that's what you make the cheese from. So you take, yeah, it was called in Yiddish smetana, okay. So you take the, the, the food, you take the part that you're using for the cheese. And then the watery part from the milk is what you leave over and that you don't use. So the same thing also, the rain that comes to Eretz Yisrael, it's not only that it comes first, but it's, it's a much better quality of rain, and only the leftovers of that comes to the rest of the world. Now the Gemara goes back to what was mentioned before, we had before a machloikis between Rabbi and Rabbi Shua, what's the source of rain? Does the rain come from below, and the clouds rise from below, and that's what brings rain? Or no, the, the source of the rain is above, the Ebishta has the source of water, Lamaima. the Ebishta opens up that source of water, and that's where it rains from. So it said before, the master, which is Rabbi Yezah, said before, that the rain comes from below, and what happens? It comes from the oceans, which are very salty waters, but when the clouds rise, it, it gets sweetened. <coughs> from where does he learn this? So he says, this psukim that shows us this point. The Pasuk says, Darkness of water, thick clouds. That's one Pasuk. In another Pasuk it says, There's a gathering of water, thick clouds. So it's almost the same word. One is cheshkas with a chaf, and the other is chashras with a resh. So therefore what he says is, you should combine these two words together. Shkoel chaf, take the chaf of one word, of shadi resh, and throw it and put it on the other word where there is a resh. And therefore read it as follows. V'kari be'i chach shoras. 
How do you understand what's the word chach shadas? The ches in the beginning of the word is interchangeable with a hey. So it's as if it says hach shadas, which means that the Abishta prepares. What is the preparation? To prepare this water, the water that comes from below, it's salty water and it's not fit for rain. And the Abishta is machsha, the Abishta prepares this rain and changes it that it should become sweetened when it comes down into the world. That's how you read these two words together of cheshkas and, and, and chashras. Rabbi Shua, Rabbi Shua that disagrees with this whole thing. He says the source of the rain is not from below, the source of the rain is Lamaila. So how does he bahani kroy my darish buhu? What does he learn? How does he explain these psukim? Sovarlah, he holds, kihad, ichi asi, rabdimi, omar. He said when rabdimi came, he said, omri bimarave, in Eretz Yisrael, they say as follows. When you see clouds that are lighter clouds, so ziirin moihi, so there's very little water there. When there's darker clouds, sagin moihi, so that means there's a lot of water there. So the same thing over here, when it says in the Pasuk, Chashras means the gathering of water. And then when it says, Cheshkas it means that there's when dark clouds. When you have dark clouds, that's when there's a lot of water. Kaman Ozla, according to which one of these opinions? Rabbi Yezer or Rabbi Yeshua? So according to whose opinion does it go? That's that we learned in Abraise. Mayim al Yainim. The water that there is above. So, Bimaymer Heim Tluyim. With the Abish's words, they're suspended in the heavens. There's a pool of water that the Abish has over there that is the source of the water of the rain. And then from there comes out Pedis. In other words, from there drips out the rain that comes to the world. And even when the rain comes out, it's like the fruits of a tree, Rashi says. When you take the fruits off a tree, the tree remains and the tree reproduces more and more. So Shanama, the source of this is, it says, Mipri Maisecha. From the fruits of your actions, which is the pool of water that the Abisha created above, that's what the world gets satisfied from. So, command, according to whose opinion is this Braisek Rabbi Shua? This is Rabbi Shua that says that the source of the water of the rain is Lamaila. But Rabbi Yezer, according to Rabbi Yezer, how does he explain this Pasik? This Pasik, when it says, it's referring to the creation of the Abishter, not above. It's the creation of the Abishter here below. The Abish creates the oceans, the water that there is below, and from there the water goes up, the, the clouds uh, rise, and that's how the rain comes to the world. Om Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi, Rabbi Yeshua ben Levi said, The entire world gets its water from the leftovers of what there is in Gan Eden. Shanama the Pasik says, There's the water that comes out from the Eden, and from that leftovers of the water from Gan Eden, it comes down into the world. And Tana and Abraisa, we learned that Mitamtsis, base core, Tarkiv, a base core which is a massive area, which is 30 saw, and a Tarkiv is a 60th of that because a Tarkiv is a half a saw. So if you have a vessel that you're using to give water for a massive area of a base core, so from the leftovers of that, you can give the water that's needed for a half a saw. So the same thing also, the size of the world is a 60th of Ganeiden and therefore gets from the leftovers of the water of Ganeiden. The Gemara here brings a Braisa now that talks about the size of the world in relation to Ganeiden. So Tanarabana we learned that it's Mitzrayim, the land of Mitzrayim, he have ye dalad meis parsa, dalad meis parsa. It's 400 parsa by 400 parsa. Vuhu echad mishishim bekosh. And the size of Mitzrayim is a 60th of kosh. And the kosh echad mishishim ba'ilam. Kosh is a 60th of the size of the entire world. And the world is Echad Meshishim began Eden, began that is. 
The world is a 60th of the size of Gan, of the garden that actually comes from Eden. The Gan is Echad Mishishim Le'Eden. The Gan, the garden, is a 60th of the size of Eden. Pasuk we quoted before, Venar Yoitzem Me Eden Sagan. So you see that the garden is not Eden, it comes out from Eden, the water comes from Eden to the Gan. And then the Eden is Echad Misamech Le'Gehenim. Eden is a 60th of the size of Gehenim. So Nimzot comes out, The entire world is so small, it's like the size of a cover of a pot to the pot itself, that the cover is much smaller than the pot itself. So too, the size of the world is much smaller than Gehenim. There are those that say, Gehenim ain't shear. Gehenim has no shear that you can measure it, like something that's larger than it. And Yashaimrim Aiden Ain Lashir. Others say that Aiden has no shear whatsoever. Interesting the Gemara says, that after Gan, after Aiden, Gehenim is uh, even bigger than all of them. I tried to see in the Farshim what they say about this. I didn't find anything. What's the Pshat in this that Gehenim is so uh, so big? What's the meaning of the Pasik that it says? Shechant al Mayim Rabim. You dwell on a lot of water, Rabbas Oitzris, and there's a lot in your treasure houses. Who does this refer to? It's talking about Bavel. Me Godam the Bavel, Malay's bar. Who causes Bavel to be a place that their storehouses are always filled with grain? So you should say the reason is because Bavel is a place that has a lot of water. It's in a valley, it's low, and the water always flows into Bavel. So Rav said, Asida, Bavel, Bavel is rich. The Chatzda, Beloy Mitra, they have all the grain, they cut the wheat and grain without having, having any rain, because the rain, the water that comes from other places flows into Bavel. Abaye said, Nakitinon, we know that Tuvani, if you have a choice, what kind of field to have? A field that's very swampy is better and and not to have a place which is dry. Even though having a swampy field may sometimes be an issue as well, but an area that has a lot of water and it's swampy is better than having a place that's completely dry. And that's basically what bubble was and therefore they were able to have their, all their grain without having much rain. So, we had this before already. On the third day of Cheshvin is when you start asking for rain, which is the same Talamotel of Rocha. Rabbi Gamliel, Rabbi Gamliel says, B'shiva bai. You begin asking for the rain on the seventh day of Cheshvin. This is 15 days after the conclusion of Sukkis. In order that the last Yid that came to be Eilid Egel, so he should arrive back to Nahar Paras, back home, and he shouldn't be caught in the rain traveling back home. This is a Mishnah that the Rebbe spoke about many times. There's a famous Fabrengen where the Rebbe spoke about the Zayn Cheshv and Tovshim and Vav. And the other Rebbe says that here you see the Avis Yisrael, that even though most of Klal Yisrael is waiting for the rain, they need the rain, but nevertheless, for that one year, the few Yidin that are going down to Nahar Paras, we don't ask for the rain. And the Rebbe went a step further and said, I, I have a mitzvah to ask my Tzrochim. So, so Avis Yisrael is a beautiful thing, but and now I have to have a mitzvah to daven, a mitzvah and a to daven. So how could I not daven for someone, another Yid, because it's going to hurt another Yid? Elamai Muzayin, that if what you need is going to end up hurting another Yid, so you don't even want it, Bechlal. That's not your needs, Bechlal. So therefore, you don't, you don't daven for such a thing. That's like the extent of the Avis Yisrael. We're passing like Rabbi Gamliel, that we begin saying, the same Talamotar on Zayin Cheshven. 
Tanya, in Abraisa we learned, Chanani Oimer, Chanani said, Baruba Goyla, in exile, at Shishim B'Tkufa. Over here, we begin saying the same Talamotar, 60 days into the Tkufa, from the Tkufa of Tishrei. This is the meaning today, that we begin 60 days into the Tkufa. Okay, in other words, because in exile, over here, we don't need the rain as much as they, they need it in Eretz Yisrael. As Rashi says, it's lower down. Eretz Yisrael is the highest land from all areas in the world. So they need the rain more, so they start saying it earlier. But in Gailan, Golis, it's lower down, so we only start 60 days into the Tkufa of Tishrei. We pass in like Hananya. Says the Gemara, Eni, is that true? They asked Shmuel the question, when do we begin saying the same Talamata in the winter? When people are bringing in their logs of wood, to the house of Tavos, which was a Rishba. Rishba is someone that, that uh, traps birds. So he was sort of an expert. He knew when the season of the rain is beginning and there's no point anymore going out into the forest to cut wood. So that, at that point, they knew that the season of rain begins. That's when you say the same Talamata. So how do you say that we begin 60 days into the Tkufa? So the Gemara answers, Maybe these two time periods, 60 days into the Tkufa, and the time when they brought their wood into the storehouse, maybe it's the same time? So it's not a question, The question was asked, The 60th day of the Tkufa. Every Tkufa, by the way, is 91 days and a bit. If the days, if the days of the year are 365, and there are the four Tkufas of the year, so it's about uh, 90 days or so. So 60 days into the Tkufa, that's when you begin saying the same Talamata. So now that 60 is the day. Kilif Shishim, is it like before the 60 days, meaning that you still say the same Bracha? Or is the 60th day like already the next day, which is that you already begin saying the same Talamata on the 60th day itself? So come in here, this is a machlaikis. Rav Amarav said, Yom Shishim Shishim. The 60th day is like the 61st day, that you begin saying the same Talamata. Shmuel Amashmuel said, Yom Shishim Kalifne Shishim. The 60th day is like the day before. Amarav Nachman by Yitzchak, Rav Nachman Yitzchak said about this, machlaikis, Visimanach, a simon to know who holds what, Eloi Baomaye. The ones that are higher up, they need more rain. Tatoi, the ones that are lower down, they don't need the rain. So this is a simon that Rav, he came from Eretz Yisrael. As Rashi brings, that Rav came down from Eretz Yisrael to Babel. So because Rav was higher up, so Rav is the opinion that says we need more rain. And therefore, according to him, on the 60th day, you already begin saying the same Talamata. Where Shmuel was from Babel, so therefore he says you need less rain. So therefore he says that the 60th day is like the day before that you don't say yet the same Talamata. Said, the halacha is Yom Shishim, that the 60th day is Kalach Shishim. It's like the 61st day that we begin saying the same Talamatar on the 60th day. Now, if you look into the Beis Yosef, so he says that when should you begin saying the same Talamatar? So he brings the, 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 the date on the Goyesha calendar, and he says it's the 22nd of November. That's the 60th day of the Tkufa when you're counting the solar calendar, which is the, 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 non, the, the Goyesha calendar. But today, when do we begin saying the same Talamatar? On the 5th of December. What happened? So all the place can bring, then in the year Shin Mem Gimel, which is in the year 1582, so there was the Georgian calendar, that they changed the calendar a few days, and therefore from then, it switched from being the 22nd of November to being the 5th of December, which is when we start saying today, the same Talamatar of Racha.
So here finally after the mission discussing all the subjects of the rain, it comes to the Indian of Masechta Tainis, which is what happens when there is no rain. So then you have to start fasting for this. The 70th day of Cheshven came. And it didn't rain yet. This is all in Eretz Yisrael. So so there's individuals, unique individuals, which the Gemara will explain, they have to fast. Gimel Tiny is three fasts. At the night time of that day that they fast, they can still eat and drink. On the day of the fast, they're allowed to work, to wash themselves, to anoint themselves, to wear shoes, to matter relations. It's only fasting. And it still didn't rain. So then, Bezdin, Geizrin, Shalish, Tainius, the Bezdin decrees three fasts, Alatzibor, on all the people that everyone has to fast. And again, the same thing, it's only a fast and it's only daytime. At night you can eat and drink. All the other things are still allowed. So who are these individuals that the Mishnah says that on Yud Zayin Cheshven they have to fast? said This refers to the Rabbanon, to the Talmidei Chachamim. also said So they fast the three fasts that the Mishnah mentioned. What's the order of the three fasts? Sheni v'chamishi v'sheni. They fast the three fasts of Monday, then Thursday, and then a Monday. What was Rav Huna saying when he said that they fast Monday, Thursday, and Monday? Tanina. This is a Mishnah that we learned beferish later. It says in the Mishnah there, When you make a Gzaira to fast, you don't begin the fast on a Thursday. Why not? In order not to raise the price of the food when it comes to Erev Shabbos. As Rashi explains, that if they're going to fast on a Thursday, so then the Matzah the fast, everyone has to buy food for the, for the breaking of the fast, and also the food for Shabbos, and therefore the, the sellers are not going to know what happened. They're not going to realize it's because people fasted, and therefore they're going to raise the price. They're not going to have enough food to sell. Whereas if you begin fasting on Monday, so they're going to hear about this already in advance, they're going to realize that there was a fast on Monday, now there's a fast on Thursday, so the, the price is not going to be raised. So when you make the fast, these, these fasts here, the first fast we're talking about, you begin fasting on a Monday, then Thursday, and then Monday. So this is a Mishnah later. So what was Rav Huna saying here <coughs> when he says that the fast is Monday, Thursday, and Monday? So the Gemara answers, because I would think, that's only when you're talking about everybody fasting. That's what that Mishnah there is saying. There we're afraid that the price of food will go up. Avo Yachid, over here in our Mishnah, we're speaking about the Yechidim, that there are those individuals, those Talmidei Chachamim that are fasting, like, maybe over here you don't have to begin the fast on Monday, you can begin it on Thursday. Kamash Malam, that's what Avonah said, that here as well, you start it on Monday. Tanya, we learned in Abrai, Tanya Nami Yachid, we learned this in Abrai, says, well, Keshishchilo HaYechidim Le'esanais, when these Yechidim begin fasting on Yudzayin Cheshven, Mis'anin, Sheni, V'chamishi, V'sheni. They fast Monday, then Thursday, and then Monday. If the fast of one of these days fell out on a Rishchidosh, don't, you don't fast on Rishchidosh. And also, Those Yomim Toivim that are mentioned in Megillah's Tainis, which is all these different various Yomim Toivim, the Chachamu and the times of the Beis HaMikdosh, so those days you don't fast as well. We had about this in the Gemara and Rosh Hashanah, if you remember, and there the Gemara actually said <coughs> that they were Mavatl Megillah's Tainis. So therefore you could fast on those days that are mentioned in Megillah's Tainis. 
A person should not say, I'm just a student that's learning Taira, and therefore, I am not fitting to be a special a yachid from those Chachamim that fast on, the, on this day, on, uh, from starting from Yud Zayin Cheshvin. Ella rather, in other words, a person shouldn't say to himself that this fast is only for special people, and therefore I'm humble. I'm not going to come and say that I belong to those people. Ella rather, it's not considered to be gaiva. Kol tamide chachamim yichidim. Any tamid chachim could come and consider himself a yachid to be part of those yichidim that are fasting on Yitzayin Cheshven. Now the Mishnah explains, or the Braise explains, Eizehu yachid ve'ezehu talmid. Who do we define as a yachid, as those unique people that have to fast? And who is a talmid, just a student? Yachid is someone A yachid is someone that's fit to be appointed as a parnas, as a leader for, uh, for everybody. And what does this mean? This is someone that you can ask him a question on anything in Allah, in any area, and he's able to answer you. So therefore he can be a rav to be able to answer everybody, any question. Talmud, who is a Talmud? You can ask him a halacha in something that he's learning now. And and he could answer you. Even if he's learning a small and an easy mesechta, like mesechta kala, he's able to answer you that. But not that he's necessarily able to answer you any question on any area. So then he's only considered to be a Talmud. How many there are? However many there are, if there are those people that are on this level of Yechidim, so they're obligated to fast. But like the Gemara said before, even a Talmud, he's allowed to say that I... I'm also a yachid, and he's allowed to join their fast, even though l'chayri is not obligated. There's a discussion in the, like the Paiskim about a, this. A whole tzibur, yeah, could fast if 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 they're all yichid, on this level. Toner abanon and abraisim. Yeah, yeah, correct. Doesn't have to fast. But he can join the fast if he wants. That's what we said before. Yeah, if he wants. But a regular, a regular person who can't join the fast. Not. Let's see. The Gemara is going to say now. We learned. Not anybody that wants to come along and say, Oh, I'm on the level of a yachid, on these unique Tamid Chachamim, can consider himself on that level to come and join them in the fast. Talmud Oise. A Talmud that's already learning, and as we just said, a Talmud is someone that could answer all questions in what he's learning, he could consider himself to be on the level of a Yachid and join them in the fast. But not anybody and everybody else. Divrei Rab Meir. This is the opinion of Rab Meir. In other words, the point is, for anybody to come in and consider himself to be on the level of a Yachid, that's a Gaiva, as Rashi here says. That's so not for everybody. Rabbi Yaisi, Rabbi Yaisi disagrees. Rabbi Yaisi says this is not an issue of Gaiva. Oise, any person can come and consider himself to be like the Yechidim. And v'zochar latayv, he should be remembered for the good, it's a positive thing. L'fishe'en shvachuloi, he's not joining these Yechidim to come and consider himself to be, he's going to come and dress himself and start acting like those special Tamidi Chachamim where he wants to bring praise for himself, he wants to, it's not coming out of a place of gaiva. This is something which is, he's going to, it's a pain, he's, going to, he's joining them in a fast. So to join in a fast, that everybody is allowed. Tanya Yidach, in another Braise we learned, Not everybody can come along and consider himself to be like a Yachid and fast. Talmud, a Talmud that knows how to answer on his level, what he's learning, he's allowed. 
David Rabshim ibn Allah, this is Rabshim ibn Allah, this is the same as like the opinion of Rab Meir before. Rabshim ibn Gamliel says, like the opinion of Rabbi Yaisi, if you want to consider yourself to be like those Yechidim, because you want to bring praise to yourself, you dress yourself like them, you start acting like them, you want to get honor. So then you're not allowed. That's gaiva. If it's regarding the fast, which is something which is painful, that you can want, you can go ahead and join them. And you should be remembered for the good. This is not something that you're looking to bring yourself honor. This is something that's that's pain for you, and therefore that you're allowed. Tanarabanan and Abraisa we learned Mishayimisana A person that's fasting for a certain Sara that he has to fast for this. And Vavra and the Tsara passed. Or Allah he was fasting for a person that was sick, and Venisrapa, he became well. Once you begin fasting, you should complete the fast. Rashi says if you don't complete the fast, so then it looks like that you were just sort of making a condition with David. I'm only fasting because of this situation. And I'm, I'm, I mean, that's the condition of why I'm fasting. But once you fast, for David's sake, you fast and you, you finish fasting. If a person is traveling from a place where they're not fasting, there's no tzara there. To another city, another place where they are fasting. You have to join them and fast along with them. You're traveling from a place where they are fasting to a place where they're not fasting. You have to complete the fast like the place that you came from. This is similar to a Gemara in Psachim where it speaks about the Minagamakim that were Machmer on this person that he has to have the Chumrah of the place that he came from and the Chumrah of the place that he goes to. If you came to a place that, that is fasting and you came from a place that was not fasting, so you've forgotten you ate, or Vishasa you drank, Al so then you should not show yourself in front of others eating. And you should not behave yourself with pleasures. Rashi actually says this means that even if you already ate, don't continue eating. So you stop eating because everyone else is fasting there. Where do we see this concept? Shanema, the Pasik says, Yaakov says to his children when there was a hunger, why should you appear, why should you show yourself to everybody that you have food? Yaakov tells his children, Why do you appear to everybody, showing everybody that you have a lot of wheat? Don't show to everybody that what, what you have. And therefore he told, no, not in front of Esau and not in front of Yishmael. In order that they shouldn't have jealousy from the fact that you have the amount of food that you need. This is a simple pshat of the Gemara here is that Yaakov and his children had enough food. But Yaakov was saying, nevertheless, go down to Mitzrayim and get more food so they shouldn't be jealous, they shouldn't think that we have more food. There's a sikha from the Rebbe about this subject and there the Rebbe says that if you look in Rashi and Chumash, Rashi there says that really Yaakov and his children did not have enough food. They had right then very little that they needed, but they didn't have much for the future. And therefore they really did need to go down to Mitzrayim. When it says, Rashi there says, meaning that Yaakov and his children had tremendous betachen, even though they only had very little, but they had betachen that for the next day and for the future they'll have enough. And therefore they weren't going to go down to Mitzrayim. They were going to rely on whatever betachen on the Eid but, that, but Yaakov tells his children that nevertheless, you should go down and therefore show, don't show yourself off to everybody that, uh, that you have, that you sveim. And then the Rebbe there says an interesting thing, because then the Bnei Esam, the Bnei Shmuel are going to say, the same schus of betochen that you have, we also have the same schus. We're also Bnei Avram and Yitzchak. The Rebbe there explains the Inyan Barich is also Beruchnius, what this Inyan means. It's the Chelek Lamed in Parshish Mikay. It's very interesting, Sikha. 
Another pasuk it says Al Tirgizu Badarach. Do not become uh, excited and frustrated and angry on the way that you're traveling. This is also regarding the Shvatim there that they were traveling back and they came from Yosef. Amar Abalaza, Abalaza said, Amalam Yosef Lechav. Yosef said to his brothers, Al Tisasku Bedvar Alocha. When you're traveling on the road, you should not. Uh, speak over learning words of Torah, words of Halacha. Why? Maybe you'll go off in the path, you'll go off the way, you won't focus on where you're traveling. Is this true? Two Tomidachachamim traveling on the road together, and they don't speak Torah with one another. They're fitting to be burnt. When you're traveling, you should be speaking Divrei Teireh. Shanama, there's a Pasuk that says, this is by Eliyahu Anovi, when he was going together with Elisha, when Eliyahu Anovi was taken up with a fire to heaven, and they were going, and uh, they were speaking words of Teireh, and then, there was fire that came down, and it separated between the two, and the fire took up Eliyahu Anovi. So the Gemara explains, only because they were speaking that's why the fire just came to separate them from, from each other. If they would not speak then the fire would come and burn them. So we see over here that when you travel on the road, you should speak So the Gemara answers like Hashir. This is not a question. If you're learning Torah, speaking the words of Torah, in other words, the simple subjects of Torah, without thinking deeply into it, that's allowed. Because you won't take your attention off the road. However, if you're learning Torah and you're going to speak about a subject very deeply, so then that can take you off the, uh, off the road. This is also an Indian that the Rebbe speaks about Barichis and Asichin, Chelek Lamar Hei, and Parshis Vayigash. There the Rebbe brings the Magen Avram and the Alter Rebbe that says that this that it says here in the Gemara that you shouldn't learn Torah Le'iyun when you're traveling on the road. That's if you yourself are the one that's driving the car or driving the wagon. But if you're sitting in the car and you're just in the back seat or you're sitting in the wagon and someone else is driving the car, <laughs> so then you can learn Torah Le'migras and you could even learn Torah Le'iyun. There's no difference. Do not walk very large steps. And also, when you enter into a city, you should enter when it's still light outside, when the sun is still shining. Don't walk large steps. Because the Master said, when you walk two large steps, it takes away one of five hundredth of your eyesight, Shalom of the person. You should enter when it's still light into the city. When you go out in the morning, you should leave when it's already light in the morning. And you should also enter into the city when it's still light outside. Shanem, as the Postic says, This is again by the Shvatim when they left Yosef. So only when there was light in the morning, then only then does Yosef send them off to leave in the morning. And the same thing is also when you come back at home at night, you should come back when it's still light outside.